Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all of those amazing reality shows that only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us today as we delve deeper into Secrets and Sisterhood. Today we're going to be discussing episode six, So Extra. At least this episode title goes with the content. <laughs> we don't yes. have, I mean, Fundraiserzilla, I guess, did a little bit, but this one was mildly funny i'll give them this one a little bit i'll give them a little bit of credit and my only housekeeping and i don't think i brought this up on air last week is that did i bring up about the comments on instagram about people thinking we were the show um i am going to rephrase the instagram post about um last week's episode I mean, when I post the one for last week's episode, which I haven't done yet, because a couple people responded that they thought I was talking about a new episode of the show, Secrets yeah, of Sisterhood dropping, that's right. and I meant the new episode of the pod. So I will be more clear for the future. Yeah, perfect. Um, I don't have any house cleaning either. I feel like I did enough deep diving um, in our last episode. So I think we're ready to dive right in. And the episode picks up exactly where we left off last it, week with, it, with this beach fight. It does. And we both discussed a little bit before we started recording how um, this is a filler episode. I feel like all reality shows have a filler episode that's a little sleepy and not that great. And this is definitely the one for the show. Yes. So and there's nothing really new that comes out of this beach fight, honestly. And like so many of their fights go this way where they pounce and they say some really evil things and then someone cries, they try to make peace. And then they say, you know, I just want to make this special for our mother. Like it always comes back to doing something for their mother or they weren't well, raised I this thought, way. I, I did think it was nice that Shakur really stood up for Jamila and was yes. like, Hey guys, like you're really piling on. Like if you want to discuss this, I think it should be discussed in private one-on-one -on -one and we should, shouldn't all just jump on her. And then privately in her confessional says that, she knows that this fundraiser is a good distraction for Jamila after everything she's been through with the miscarriage. And this is a great way to get her mind off of it. And, you know, yes, she may be getting a little crazy about it, but that's because this is where all of her focus is right now. So she doesn't have to think about the miscarriage. And I thought that was really insightful of Shakur and like really nice of her to, you know, relate to that, understand that and, um, you know, be just empathetic to her sister's situation. Yeah, agreed. Um, my highlight of the scene though, is Jamila says, you know, let's just do this event and make it amazing for the world to see and make our par parents proud. And Rabia says, just don't be a dictator, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should try saying that at, at work to somebody. Just don't be a dictator, <laughs> baby. Um, and then, I mean, I don't have anything else to say about the beach scene unless you do. No, I mean, just, you know, Jamila cries and apologizes and then it's over. So I I want to hurry up, too, because I want to get to the scene at Shakur's house with the couples therapist, Dr. Allie. Which is next. And <laughs> where do we know Dr. Allie from? Because she looks very familiar to me. She definitely oh, I don't has know. been a reality show therapist before. Like, oh, she I looks bet. very familiar to me. I bet. I did not look her up, actually. I should have. Um, So we learn as Dr. Allie is arriving in Shakur's house that... And we knew this already, I think, that Josh and Shakur fell in love very quickly, like head over heels super fast. I don't think we've given we've been given a timeline of how fast that was from head over heels to marriage, but I get no. the sense that it was wild. Um, also, Shakur's in another sweatsuit, and this one's sort of almost like pop art tie-dye. Oh, I have a picture of it that will be posted to the Instagram montage about this, and I think she looks like a deranged bumblebee. 
it's it's black and yellow it's not my favorite color combo um but also i couldn't help but notice that the brand name is written on the like hoodie strings very obviously so i looked it up okay i didn't have time well i couldn't tell what it was and it is a brand called colare bianco Uh uh-huh never heard of it no it is from hale thorpe maryland really that's what it says on their instagram how much do they run like 65 bucks for a hoodie for the whole outfit or just for the hoodie i think just for the hoodie because she had the pants too she had the whole shebang i know but Um, i was like is that cavalli like what does that say and i couldn't figure it out and then it's it's from maryland interesting i know i I wonder if it's a friend of hers like i just assumed that all of her sweatsuits were like a billion dollars me too but it's actually very refreshing to know that she's like of the people and i will say that even though she looked like a deranged bumblebee i I think this is one of my more favorite of her sweatsuits. I think that's why I took the time to look it up. It wasn't my favorite color combo, but I found the, like, the way that the tie-dye was created looks cool. If the colors had been different, I would have liked it more. But anyway, yep, it's from Hale Thorpe, Maryland. Very interesting head wrap. Yeah, yeah. And Shakur's nails in this episode in particular are, and I'll discuss some other things on these ladies later too, but Shakur's nails are really out of control this episode. Like something about them, they're just like squared off on the end and they're like bright pink. It looks like she's one of those like little girls who puts pieces of post-it note on the end of her finger. (laughs) Like they're just so rectangular or something. And they're so bright that they're, they're like too noticeable. Um, So this therapy session begins with some deep breathing and the doctor asks them, you know, why they're there. And so they say that they're, they were going through a divorce and Shakur dismissed the divorce. So what's interesting about that is because of these legal records that I found in our last episode, I'm even more baffled by this conversation. Yeah. So Shakur filed for divorce in October of 2020 the divorce case was not dismissed until November of 2021. And that palimony suit was filed in July of 2021 in between. Well, like my, luckily my divorce attorney friend and client is coming in this Thursday to get her hair done. And I am going to ask her, I mean, she probably, she may not have the answer, but I'm going to ask her the question, all of these questions to see if she can make sense of the palimony suit. Okay. All right. And maybe it just, it might, be that it took that long to file a dismissal of a divorce like she found out they weren't really married and she filed this palimony thing and then it was like oh well i have to actually withdraw what i already put in for but i i don't know it's it's very confusing yeah but we get some interesting intel on their relationship i think and so they say that their trust is great right now (laughs) like at this very moment which it's good that's better than nothing And when they were first married, it was very bad, their trust level together. And so she talks about how Josh got into pharmaceuticals, pills. She always, she always says pharmaceuticals and then pills. I think when you say pills, people know they came from a pharmacy. Like, yeah, he wasn't making them himself. Well, Um, it could have been ecstasy. I guess so. But you would just say he got into ecstasy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... This is what I found was interesting. So Shakur tells the therapist that Josh got into pills and he says she knew about it from the beginning. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. That it seems like he was already a fucked up mess when she met him. Yep. And he said, she saw how I lived. And he said he laid it all on the table when they met. That he, you know, had this, uh, you know, not maybe not severe addiction at the time, but a proclivity towards pills, it sounds yeah. like. And she says she is adamant that that was never her lifestyle and she wasn't invested in it. And he said, I put it on the table because I never wanted it thrown back in my face. He wanted to be honest about it. And Shakur admits that she was addicted to him and sort of like wanting to care for him, which that that tracks and you can still see it. And she was in love with him when she filed for the divorce and it broke her heart and she really wanted to save him, but she couldn't. Um, and they both tear up in this session, which I find sweet in the moment anyway. Yeah. And she says, you know, that she's really grateful for where they are now. Like they've come so far and he cries because, you know, the therapist says, Josh, why are you crying? And he said that he was so hurt when she backed away and filed for divorce, given that she knew he was struggling with this. And he says like, I thought she was my ride or die. And then she bailed when it got hard, when people found out when my addiction got worse and she got embarrassed she bailed and they do talk about her sisters and so i don't know whether it means that you know once it became more public and his addiction grew and got more out of control that's when shakur couldn't really take it when it was private and sort of between them and it felt like something they were dealing with she was going to stand by him and then you know other opinions more shame more weight is kind of what pushed her to to separate from him well, no, I think he did something. He says, because the doctor says, like, what caused you to get your act together? And he says, I hit rock bottom. That's true. Like, he did something. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he stole money or embezzled or, because there is some weird money shit going on with the family and, like, there is going on. So something definitely happened that caused him to hit rock bottom. What I thought was very interesting is that I assumed that he'd been to rehab. And this makes it sound like he has not. No, he has not. Because he says that he has turned his addiction into being addicted to the gym, which a lot of people do. But I mean, a lot of people, I think, do that in conjunction with therapy or rehab or something. And I also like you can't just quit opioids cold turkey. You can die. You have to taper off. You have to go to detox. Like you can't just like suddenly stop. I don't know. And he even says, I took my addiction from pills to working out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a little... I wonder, though, if that means maybe he went to rehab and then didn't stick with, like, AA or anything and was just like, okay, like, I got, like, I detoxed. I went to detox. I did rehab for, like, a week or two. And, like, now I'm just going to work out and I'm not going to, like, go to AA or NA or anything. It's possible because the the way the therapist phrases it, she's asking about present tense. She said, what are you doing for treatment? Meaning right now. And, you know, she didn't say, how did you get clean? So maybe they, maybe he did. And you're right that you can't. You can't just wake up and say, like, oh, I want to stop taking Oxy. It's not safe. No. I mean, yeah. you can do that with Coke. You can do that with meth. You can do that. I mean, you can do that with non-physically addicting drugs. But, like, you can't do that if you're a hardcore alcoholic. You can't do that if you're on pills, like on no. opioids. Yeah. Um, um, I but- also got a really good picture of, um, I know we've discussed here before, you pointed it out first, and then I've noticed it how ironic it is that he's now a Muslim with all of these religious tattoos. He has the full last supper on his forearm. I got a picture. Okay. 
Okay, so the very first episode when I thought he had Jesus on his arm, he probably does. Twice. Well, he's got the full Last Supper on his forearm, and then he has Jesus on, like, his yeah. like, outer shoulder on that same arm. Um, but it's really funny, because it seems like the other arm where he got the Shakur tattoo is all the, like, Muslim tattoos. <laughs> I don't hate that. It's like his two sides. Yeah, no, I literally. Think I think it's kind of funny, but yeah, but you, but I will, I'll, I'll post it to the Instagram. But yeah, it was. Um, I, I thought it was, but I got a very good shot of it. It's the okay. full on Last Supper. All right, I didn't clock the Last Supper. Good for you. Um, so the therapist is. I actually, I think this reality TV therapist does a pretty good job with them, and she says that she's going to encourage them both to journal and sort of to work on themselves individually, and, um, you know that. Josh needs space to maintain what he's doing on his own. Um, and Shakur admits that she has homework to do when it comes to like being too hard on him and like riding his ass. Um, but <clears throat> they have to crawl before they can walk. And so he kind of has to figure out how to do this without her influence. Um, and she also tells them the enemy like is not your relationship. It's the communication pattern in your relationship, which is, that's a nice yeah. supportive therapy thing to say. Yeah. And I forget that what Shakur says in her confessional at the end of the scene, but she basically says like, I need to not ride his ass, but I'm gonna, or something like that. Like she makes a joke about it and it's like, well. Which is, and also, I mean, the therapist is not wrong because if she micromanages his sobriety, it's either going to do one or two things. He's going to purposely want to rebel against her and get fucked up. Or yeah. he's going to not be able to have self-control unless she's around riding his ass. And then he's never going to be able to be alone. Like, this is a lose-lose. She needs to, like, like, like loosen the reins. Yeah. Yeah. Also in this episode, and what I was going to say about the ladies' appearances, did they change the lighting in this episode? Or are we doing more daytime scenes? There is something about the appearance of every sister in this episode that they look a little harsh. <laughs> Um, well, it, every, it, we, every scene was a daytime scene in this one. Every single yeah. one. But, I mean, we have a lot of daytime scenes before. I don't, and I didn't really notice that that much. I think it's when we go out later and our next scene with Jamila and Sid, this daytime outside lunch thing, we get a lot of profile. And I think I could just see the makeup. I could see the skin. I could see, I think several of them got their lip filler touched up mid filming. Oh, because, maybe. Because they're from the side we've just got a lot of lip a lot of lip um and shakur in this episode like her face just looked a little bit different to me so i wondered i was blaming the I lighting instead of the med spa um i well interesting about and i noticed it wasn't just shakur it's like some a couple other people on the show including the doctor i know once one time before i had mentioned shakur's neck and i found this thing that it's a thing that happens to millennials and now there's like they're doing specific like med spa stuff for it because their heads are bent down all the time looking at their phones and that's what causes the terrible neck wrinkle thing oh. like the lines in the neck it's a, it's becoming very common with millennials and they think gen z too so now doctors are specializing in like procedures to like get rid of those lines that show up in your neck but that's probably why shakur has them because she's a millennial and she well, you know it's probably had her head down on her phone all the time no so it's it's a thing like it's a new thing like it's happening to everybody i guess great love it anyway so we go on to on the 30 with Jam and sherman oaks oh good one with jamila and sadika um so they both look pretty cute and they're surprisingly covered up but i just noticed that both of their skin just was like on full display lunchtime light is mean they're still gorgeous it's just 
I noticed a, a difference. Um, so this scene, I mean, it's the premise of the whole episode, so I can't really gloss over it. Um, <laughs> well, but I also think it was very contrived. And so yeah. what we're about to talk about is that they sit down and they have this conversation, realizing that they both want to have children and they both want to freeze their eggs and they both want to possibly get stone do sperm donors and do it on their own. But it's weird because they sit down and we didn't really, we don't see them order drinks, but they have drinks in front of them. And um, Jamila has a glass of wine and Sadiqa has like some pink, I thought it looked like a cocktail. Um, but Jamila says like, oh, you're not drinking. Is there something you want to tell me? And that's when Sadiqa is like, oh yeah, I, 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 I want to freeze my eggs. But, but like, they're not doing it tomorrow. Like she... Jamila's drinking, like the whole time, I, I feel, I swear to God, I feel like the producers are like, okay, we're going to talk about you not drinking and we're going to use that in this segue into talking about this wanting having a kid thing. Yeah. Because the not drinking thing made no sense. She's not starting IVF. She's not, there's nope. absolutely no reason why she couldn't have had a drink if she wanted one. No, it's just because it's broad daylight. It's probably lunchtime and she needs to drive. Um, so basically, what it's exactly what Frank said. They both talk about how they want to freeze their eggs. And if they don't meet a man in the next few years, they're going to do it on their own with sperm donors. They think that they can raise their kids just in the wolf pack. Um, and they're down to freeze their eggs together. Like they don't, they both don't want to do it alone. So they're going to do it together. Um, and they need to tell their mother. Um, my favorite part of the conversation is that they've decided they're going to have these babies at the same time and be each other's wet nurses. Like yep. it's the 1800s. Yep. It's like, like when I can't, yeah, when I can't breastfeed, you can just do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say makes me, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing it together. It's good to have a rumble buddy, I think, in something like that. But what makes me really sad is that Jamila is going out of her way still throughout the episode, not to tell Sadiqa about her recent pregnancy and miscarriage. And we already know that Sadiqa is the one with the big mouth and all that sort of stuff. But it's like they're going through, at least supposedly going through this bonding experience of freezing eggs and like planning motherhood and discussing family. And then Jamila's just carrying this like really big secret. And I don't know. It's like if you're going to, you're getting like ultrasounds together and all this stuff, maybe you should tell Sadiqa and tell her to keep a lid on it. But I, I get it though. Like Jamila's just protecting herself because what happens, I mean, Sadiqa probably will tell everyone. And what happens when she tells Sadiqa, tells her not to tell anyone, then Sadiqa tells everyone, then she's lost her baby having partner and everybody knows and everything's down the toilet. Like I, I get yeah. it. I get her sense of trepidation and I probably wouldn't tell her either. Yeah. No, it just makes me sad because they're going through this like bonding thing together and Jamila's holding back. And it, oh, it makes me sad. It's incredibly sad. It's incredibly yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, but get ready to hear a lot about egg freezing, guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it helps that like I, neither you nor I ever want to have children. We have we. I like to be around children in small doses. The only children I can really, I really truly like are my own nieces and nephews, with the exception of a couple friends' kids. Um, so any episode that revolves around babies, children, pregnancy, eggs, eggs freezing makes me want to throw myself out my window. So just yeah. not the episode for me. Yeah, no, it, it's true. And I, you know, there is something to egg freezing. I think it's important for women to feel like they have options and like they sort of oh, have yeah. this insurance pol policy and that's great. Um, but I agree. Like there's only, I only find so much interest in it. Yes, same. So then the wolf pack goes out and this scene is actually like, we've got some, we've got some meat 
in the scene where the wolf pack goes out. Well, and also very interesting that they would choose this great, amazing girls' night out the night before Hamida's surgery when she can't even drink and have fun with them. I know. So Hamida has her kidney stone like extraction the following day and she can't drink. Yes. Um, and she's just wearing jeans and a crop top. And then Nora and Jamila are in dresses. Um, and Sadiqa actually looks pretty. She's wearing like hot pink pants and this like white top. And man, she loves to get her ladies out. Her boobs are, they're never not on display. Um, and then, so when Shakur shows up, she's also in quite a fit. She looks like Tomb Raider. <laughs> like, yeah. Or Edward Scissorhands, it depends. And Josh shows up as well and is wearing a bright red suit. Well, before they get, before Sakura and Josh get there, yeah, the rest of the ladies are all kind of talking smack about them a little bit, and especially Josh and discussing like whether or not Josh is yes. going to drink and like this whole kit and caboodle. And in a very unsupportive of your sister and her relationship move, they kind of all decide that they're going to, not all of them, but uh, Sadika especially, is going to like get josh a drink but they like feel bad for him and like they want him to be able to drink and i was like um what like you're upset that his addiction like fucked up your sister's life but at the same time like let's party it was a very mixed messagey thought process to me yeah and that makes me think maybe he didn't do a detox or recovery program because there's all this back and forth and someone says well moderation is really the key and jamila says there is no moderation where Josh is concerned. You know, like when someone is really struggling with an addiction and clearly violated something in a family and nearly ended their marriage because of it, don't don't offer them things that could lead them down a path of destruction. Like, it's just not great. It's, it's I don't know, it's a big gray area and I kind of feel bad for Josh in it. <laughs> I feel bad for all of them in it, but I feel bad for him in it too. No, I do too. And I'm going to take back what I said on last week's episode that when Josh showed up tonight in that red suit, like I thought he looked hot as fuck. Like I'm, I'm back on, on board. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, did you happen to see, so Nora is sitting down and she's got her legs crossed the three bright red dots on her yes, knees. And I didn't get a picture of it, but yeah, I did. Okay. I wasn't, well, you have to send it to me so I can put it on the Instagram or you can put it on the Instagram. Um, I, I don't know what that was about. There, for those of you who are listening, they were like about the size of a big marble, like a shooter marble. And there yeah. were three of them and they were very equally spaced out. But I don't know who would get like cupping on their knee. Like it, it was weird. Also, cupping is like big. big. Yeah, they're big. So, but big that's, enough. they, it almost looked like she had three giant bug bites in a row. I was wondering if it was some kind of like specialty workout injury that we didn't get to see the specialty workout for. Maybe. Yeah, it was just very noticeable. It was just kind of strange. Um, and I, I took a picture of it because I felt nuts and I didn't know. If, I was like, how would I possibly explain this if Frank doesn't No, see I it? totally noticed it. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Oh, they... and when, I want to say real quick that when, they, when Shakur and Josh show up, and I thought this was really funny, Shakur, in a voice that I wish, I need to switch voices with her. I wish I had a deep voice with her. Literally says, don't be a bitch. Like, it's like, I was like, what is going on with her voice right now? I don't know. Also, the everybody is talking like Shakur in this scene, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Sadika says brother like 50 times. Oh, and we need to talk about Shakur's hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you're that's your so area of it's expertise. It's in a very, very tight 
pony on the top of her head and she has an extension in with a braid that goes like well past her waist. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. And then later, well, I was going to talk about this later, I'll talk about it now. She gets up to go to the bathroom and when she comes back, she's a whole different hairstyle. Like it is very neatly tied up into like a crown on the top of her head. Yeah, like she pinned the braid up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, she looks very um, Romy of Romy and Michelle at the prom. Like when she whips around and on steroids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so of course, uh, Jamila and Sadika tell everyone about how they're going to get their eggs frozen, and if they don't have baby daddies, they're going to use sperm donors. And Shakur says that freezing is great, but not using a sperm donor. And like I always say, she's a, a wife first and a mother second. And then Shakur says, if our mother found out, oh my days. Uh, um, we. Well, 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 what I loved is when the ladies drop that they plan on using the same sperm donor, which yeah. at first I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And then Shakur pointed something out that made me go, oh, maybe not, which was like, so you're going to have brother cousins? Yeah. Like, how's that going to work? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But it's very weird. No, no, no. Um, and I will say that I Jamila says people have kids different ways now. Like you don't need a husband to have a child. And they talk about a sperm bank. And so then Nora says that Josh has signaled her for a drink by clearing his throat. I didn't Which, take it as him asking for a drink, but maybe... I didn't either. Unless that was some weird thing that they had like previously worked out amongst themselves. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did not get the like <clears throat> was like, oh, I need a drink right now. Give me a drink. Also, he would have texted you. I wonder though if they had previously before the breakup, if maybe Sid and Josh had because they seem to have a very like buddy buddy brother sister relationship. Yeah, maybe um before this all happened before he like got clean maybe she was sneaking him drinks and stuff and they did have a signal because Shakur would be like oh, Josh is going to get you drunk I mean uh, Sadiq uh yeah Shakur would say Josh is going to get you drunk and Sadiq would like sneak him drinks so maybe that was a previous symbol from before I think I think that's true because I anyway we'll get there um so then they keep talking about like the sperm donor and sperm bank of it all. And the evil doctor who impregnated like a hundred women with his own sperm, whatever that Which is a great story is. in and of itself. Yeah. And then somebody Jamila says, Josh looks like that's something he would do. Yeah. The fuck. That's... So he's an evil sociopath now. Like I, I, I thought it was random and rude. Um, and oh, then see, the... I didn't, get offended by it. I thought what she was saying, and I kind of see this, is that he presents himself as this very, like, macho machismo guy and thinking, like, I'm gonna, like, procreate and uh, my sperm's the best. Like, I, I feel like that's the vibe she was going for. Maybe. some, But the thing with Jamila and her jokes with Josh, they're not jokes. No, yeah, no. <laughs> no, and it shows. Um, also, watching them try to eat sushi with chopsticks and through their lip injections was like very upsetting oh i should also prep to say that um i have no idea where they were there was not a menu to be no. seen they didn't show, like i could i tried to sleuth it out and couldn't tell you they were on some like rooftop somewhere bar sushi bar 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 place yeah yeah um but i almost want to take make a gif of them trying to eat sushi with their lips it, like, wonder... it looks like a feat they cannot like it's a struggle I wonder now that I think about it, you know how you said that the wolf pack was like a million miles from LA? Yeah. I wonder if when they meet 
closer to where they live, we don't get to find out where they are because then we would be clued in that they're not in LA. Probably. So I bet anytime they hide where the restaurant is or whatever, it's because they're like far out near the house. Yep. And that would also explain why Shakur and Josh, who do live in LA, were the last to arrive and showed yep. up later than everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Good one. So this is where I'm also a bit on Josh's side in this whole evening out because I think it's Sadika who she's kind of a lightweight because as soon as she has a drink or a single shot, she is she's loose lips. I can see well, why she's, they... a, she's teeny. Yeah, she is. I said she must be a lightweight. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I, I'm sure because she is she's teeny tiny. Um, but she looks at Josh and says, how's your water treating you? Yeah. And like, you can't even have a drink. And for someone struggling with addiction, that is so fucked up to say. It's beyond fucked up. And Why would you even call attention to it like that? But that even leads me to leave even more that he was her party buddy. Yeah. Like, I think before he got clean, I bet that they, when they would go out together, this is like, I bet the two of them got lit and she was probably really fun. And yeah. And he she tries, wants her party buddy back. He says like, no, he's cool. And then she says, oh, wow. She's got you well-trained brother, meaning Shakur. And then Shakur uses her hair to like crack the whip on him, which barf, barf to all of it. So then Sid is like, oh, I'm just kidding. And then Shakur says, I think it's for the best. And Josh says, yes, it's for the best. But then Shakur and Noor go to the bathroom. And Sadiqa immediately pretends she's on her own show. Like, she picks up a water glass and talks into it like she's on the Sadiqa show. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, and they showed the camera. There was a lot of fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then... Sadika tells Josh that Shakur is going to lighten up eventually, and Sadika got him a shot while Shakur is in the bathroom. And he at first says no, and then he takes it. Well, yeah, she really pressures him into it. And then she, yeah. like, honestly, I thought this was inappropriate, and I'm not even approved. Then she sits in his lap and is all, like, cuddly with him. Like, I don't, I mean, she... if we didn't know the situation, we would think they were fucking. Also, I mean, they're not just... they're definitely not but like if i was at that bar and saw that i'd be like oh they're a couple she also doesn't just sit in his lap you know like yeah no. it's not like oh i'm gonna sit on your lap real quick while we take a family photo she leans back on his chest and like she she drapes herself on him yeah. and i can tell you as somebody with a brother-in-law never never sat on his lap no 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 absolutely like that that no <laughs> no. It makes me laugh. It's a little gross. It's very uncomfortable. Never would I ever. No, 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 no. Um, so Hamida covers her eyes. I imagine the draping in Josh's lap was part of it, but she basically doesn't want to witness the shot. She doesn't want to have anything to do with what's happening, which is smart. <laughs> Point for Hamida. Yeah. Um, so Sadika says she doesn't understand where Josh and Shakur's boundaries are, but she wants him to relax and have fun. And it's just, it's wildly inappropriate. And if I were Shakur and my sister did that, I'd be fucking livid. So then they get back from the bathroom and Shakur sees that Hamida looks like the cat that got the canary and says like, what's up? What's going on with you? What is it? Hmm? And Hamida says in her confessional that she thinks Josh wants to change, but that Shakur does have too strong a, of a hold on him. Like, it's just, it's not going to work out. Um, and that she needs to let him breathe. 
Well, and, and then become a behavioral therapist. Yeah, yeah. You and then Shakur says in her confessional, she knew about the shot immediately. Like she she could tell, and like she she knew exactly what was going on, and good on her for that. Um, so then there are some flashbacks and Shakur says that she feels like she's gained up on and she cries in her confessional and that she's part of the wolf pack, but she feels alone. She feels like a lone wolf. Well, um, and then this is when she whips him with the ponytail. Oh, she does it more than once. She did it before. It was in my, it was in my notes earlier. Well, because no, she, so she has the ponytail down. She goes to the bathroom, comes back with it up and then she takes it down and whips him with it. Yeah. It's real cute. Um, so let's see, does he take another shot? No, this is where things, the wheels fall off the cart because this is when Shakur decides she wants to drink. Yes. She says that like, she right. wants to have a drink and he says, well, you can't have a drink if I can't have a drink. Like we're, we're a unit, we're a couple, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, well, I want to have a drink. So she has a drink. And then she not, she's like, and you can have a drink too. And in fact, not only can you have that, well, I guess he has shots instead of drinks. Instead of having one shot, you can have two shots, have double shots. Yep. So he's now had three shots and she's apparently fine with it. And she says it's a special occasion. Yeah. Also is <laughs> special occasion to me means like champagne on new year's Eve, a birthday, someone got promoted like a shot on a Thursday. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then they all do the wolf pack howl. Yeah, they sure do. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sadika says after party at her house. And she wraps up her TV show. We forgot to say that too. Oh yes, and she wraps up her TV show. And then we don't get to see the after party. Um, then we just get like a weird interstitial. Yeah. With, we get a montage. Um, yeah, with some like with again with Shakur for two seconds talking about real estate. I mean, I guess it definitely like it, she and Josh, I guess this is what they do. They're real estate developers, I guess. Yep. Um, and we see that Nora calls Hamida about like her surgery. Yeah. Because Amina's in pain. And then <laughs> we go to Pink Taco. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, so on the nose. Um, so we see Hamida sitting at Pink Taco with her hat pulled down so low. She can't, there's no way she can see a fucking thing. And she calls Jamila from Pink Taco and says that she wants Jamila to come home and go to the doctor with her. Like she got her kidney stones removed, but she's in a lot of pain. Like something doesn't feel right. Um, but she had something to do real quick or whatever she says and it turns out that what that was was seeing amy while amy is in town and what i think again because you did the sleuthing and know that the house isn't anywhere near la that she had the surgery i'm guessing at cedar sinai or like somewhere in la i think that she left the hospital and went immediately to the pink taco yeah there's no way she went all the way home and then came back to la so right. I think that she literally went from the surgery center or the hospital, or whatever, straight to the pink taco. Yep. And so Amy, she's not wearing as much turquoise, but she pulls up on a motorcycle. She pulls up on a crotch rocket. That was not just a motorcycle. She pulls up on a crotch rocket. She's giving you power crotch rocket lesbian vibes. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I like Amy. I and love she, Amy. And she brings him me to flowers. And they have a long hug and Hamida says she really wanted to see her while she was in town and she wanted some positive vibes. And Amy says, why are you out right now? You know, like Hamida can't even sit up straight. She can hardly see Amy from under her hat. It's pulled down so low. And Amy's like, we need to get you out of here. What are you doing? 
And I will sweet. say this too, and, and I also want to backtrack what I said about Amy when the previous episode she was on, because I feel like I said I thought that she was a little older. No, like she no, looks young and beautiful. Like she, yeah, I, I'm guessing maybe early 30s. Yeah, maybe. I think in the in her previous scene, she was wearing like a hat. She was, yeah. And I, she just looked better in this scene. I think yeah, the hat great. was, was very doing pretty. Weird. She's uh, definitely younger than I thought she was. Like, yeah. I'm totally here for it. Yeah. Um, I think it's also she looked so refreshing compared to the sisters because she hasn't fucked with her face. Yeah. I said it. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Shot fired. Um, so then we find out that Hamida's surgery was so painful because they were retrieving the kidney stones and there was one so big they had to cut through her kidney. That which sounds, is that interesting sounds horrible. to me. It does sound horrible because I always thought that they broke them up with lasers, like, and that's how. Yeah. They got them out. I also thought they gave you like weird prescriptions before you went in to try and like break them up further. Like, I don't know. I, I thought there was more they could do. I should, well, my cutting through them many times at Christmas. Yeah. I will have to ask him for a full report as to what goes on with them. I just thought there were many different avenues you could take before cutting through someone's kidney. My God. I wonder if it was one of those cases where they were already there, they'd already started, and they were like, fuck it, we're just yeah. going to get this out today. But yeah, Oof. no, it sounds painful and awful and not fun. Yeah, it does. Um, so they have a conversation, and they ask how everything else is going, and Hamida says that she confesses that she told her sisters about Amy a little bit, which she did and didn't. <laughs> I don't know that, I think Nora is the only one who knows it's Amy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Amy says, oh, wow. I mean, do you think Sadika would be upset? And Hamida says, not upset, but hurt at being left out. What's the difference? There isn't any. Okay. I, maybe what Amy was saying, <laughs> I think what Hamida meant was Sadika wouldn't be upset that it was a, that she was a woman. That, you know, that either that it was, that this was a lesbian relationship, that she would be upset that it had been hidden from her because she's friends with Amy. Yeah. I think okay. that's what she was trying to convey. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we learn that Amy's the second woman that Hamida has had a crush on. Not yeah. the first. Well, because Amy asked. Like, and I thought yeah. it was really interesting that the first time Amy was on, they were being very facetious about this relationship and there was a little bit of flirting, but nothing was defined. But at this conversation, Amy full on says, like, Am I the first woman you've ever had a crush on? I mean, like she they we get acknowledgement that like there has been fooling around they are definitely friends with benefits at yeah. at at worst and probably more at best and it you know they she really comes clean in this scene yeah she does um and so they have a quick conversation then amy just says like we need to get you out of here um and hamida says well i've missed you and wanted to see you and amy guides her outside and it's really cute like hamida can yeah. hardly walk and amy's like holding her up she helps her get into a, like an uber and we again hear in a confessional, Hamida's confused about her sexuality, which we know. Um, but Amy's just like kind of the best. And Hamida forgot the flowers. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She did not. Well, bring maybe them... Amy went back inside and got them and brought them back out. Yeah. Maybe we maybe. just didn't see that. Yeah. But Amy, kudos for Amy. And then we go to Cedar Sinai. Yeah. And Jamila and Sadika are seeing a fertility specialist to get um, vaginal ultrasounds to count their eggs. Um, and Jamila is concerned that she's running out of time because she is 36. 36. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we meet Dr. Alice Park 
And in front of Sadiqa, the doctor asks, you know, have I, either one of you been pregnant? And Jamila says no. Um, and so the doctor explains that you need at least eight eggs for one embryo. So ideally, they want to see 20 eggs before they do egg freezing in anybody. And she says that the first cliff for women in their like egg count and fertility is age 35. And the second cliff is 40. Um, they both volunteer to go first, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> And then while Jamila's getting her ultrasound in private, she tells the doctor that she was pregnant. Um, and so she she's kind of using the opportunity to see a doctor to make sure that everything is still okay, too, even though she saw several doctors after she miscarried. Yeah. But um, so we learn that Jamila has 10 potential eggs to grow. Um, and of course, they ideally want 20. And so she gets emotional and she starts to cry because she was hoping to have the full amount. And she's realizing that, you know, her time is is running out if this is something she wants. Um, so then Jamila checks on Sadika, and the doctor apparently told Sid that she had more than 12 because she couldn't see one side. Um, and Jamila was b below normal. And so she needs to get on it faster and make a decision. And Sadiqa is actually very supportive and says, you'll be fine, you know, be positive. And, um, but Jamila admits in her confessional that she's just really not over this miscarriage and she needs to continue healing from it. So she just can't, she doesn't want to disappoint Sadiqa, but she can't tell her right now. Yeah. That's about it. All the egg talk. Well, I was curious. I mean, obviously I've never had, nor will I ever have a vaginal ultrasound, but I was curious as to why the doctor couldn't see Sadiqa's left ovary. That's a good question. Uh, I've had several and I don't know. I thought that was interesting. You think that they would just have her shift or something, but I mean, she full on said they could, oh, they could only get a count on the right one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not, they're not the worst. They're not the most pleasant, but they're not the worst. I don't know. Sometimes they do have to like <laughs> move it around and maybe she just like couldn't get oh, the, yeah. the angle right. I don't know. Um, maybe she her time was running out. She was doing two for one for the sake of television and didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say thank you to the editors for sparing us as having to watch hers as well. I know. Yeah, we don't. It was nice because we just we see Jamila's and then it instantly yeah. segues to the two of them talking after the fact. And so we didn't have to suffer through Sadiqa's as well. Yeah, agreed. Um, so then we go to the wolf pad briefly and Hamida's lying down. Jamila's checking her temperature and taking care of her. And they all tell her, like, the whole wolf pack is there, that she needs to recover like she's supposed to. Well, but um, first, they bring her the most beautiful platter of cut fruit. Like, these women know how to put out a uh, snack. They're into the present. I mean, we've talked about it many times before. Like, yeah. they kill it in the snack presentation department. Yeah, they really, really do. Um, so... We find out, too, that she had to have another procedure after the first one. And she says the recovery is just hell. Um, also, again, with the lip filler, I don't know what happened watching Hamida drink out of a glass of water. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, her lips definitely look puffy. I, I wonder if it had something to do with the surgery. Maybe, maybe she was like swollen water or something, or something and maybe swollen. yeah that's entirely possible it is but watching her drink water was again like it was worse than the sushi it was a labor <laughs> it was difficult um so shakur shows up they're all having kind of like a pajama party everybody's in sweats or pajamas everybody kisses a million times um and they all tell her to slow down and stay put like no jet setting no planes no gallivanting 
Um, and then they come back to where were you when you called Jamila on your way home from the surgery? And that would make sense to your theory that like she had a quick layover on her way home from yeah. her surgery. And she said, I had to take care of something real fast in an in and out thing. And they keep wanting to know what it was and she won't tell them. And they said, you're, you were up to no good. And she says, I was supposed to meet, see someone in town for a little bit. And they said, guy or girl. And she said, it was one of my female friends. And Shakur says, oh, it was one of your homegirls. And Hamida says, yes. And then she says her sisters are smothering her. Well, and this is also when they talk about when they're telling her to stay put for at least like three weeks. And they say that like, oh, Hamida travels a lot. And based on Instagram, she does. Yeah, that's true. She travels a lot. Yeah, that's true. And one of my favorite things about this scene was, and I did get a picture of it, is that Shakur's cup matches her sweatsuit exactly. Yeah, it does. And it has an S on it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Then we get a really brief interstitial before the next scene of Shakur's house. And she calls Josh dad, very obviously, and yeah. says something about a pillow. And it looks like they're moving in. Like there are boxes I everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I can't with anyone who calls their husband dad. It's it's a no from me. <laughs> well, I guess now that she's come out of the closet about it after last week's episode, we're probably going to be hearing it a lot more. I Yeah, she's laying it on thicker now. And in our final scene of this episode, we are back at the wolf pad and their mother has come over to cook for them and with them. Um, and so Jamila and Sadiqa want to use this opportunity to tell her about the egg freezing and their possible plans to use a sperm bank. And one of the things she's making them is kachiri, K-I-C-H-I-R-I. And it literally translates to mixture. Um, and um, it's Sadiqa's favorite meal, she says later. And um, it is made with rice and lentils, specifically moonging, moon, oh, I'm not going to, M-O-O-N-G, lentils. I don't know how you pronounce that. Moon. Uh, I mean, is it just like mung beans? No. Okay. It's literally M-O-O-N-G, lentils. It's okay. the kind of lentils. Um, it can also contain ghee, um, cumin seeds, ginger, and asafoetida. Um, and it's usually the first food that babies ever eat and it's what they give sick people. So I okay. think it's like a combination of, um, you know, well, I don't want to say chicken soup. You don't give babies chicken soup, but kind of like chicken soup for Westerners. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and that explains why they're all so nostalgic about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a comfort food. I think it's a very like, you know, something you eat when you're small and whatever, but yeah. I do think it's interesting that Sid does at one point say like, oh, my friends grew up ham- eating hamburgers and I grew up eating this like amazing, complicated, exotic dish. And I'm like, it's literally two ingredients. Like when you look it up, it's like the only ingredients are rice and lentils. And then you can add other stuff if you want, but it is not some complicated dish. It's like right. a simple dish that you eat when you're small. So but whatever. Yeah. Okay. But so it looked yummy. Go. I would eat it. No, it did. It did. Everything she co- was cooking looked yummy. So they tell their mother that they're going to freeze their eggs. And then they try to explain a sperm donor to a woman who has had ch- 10 children. So they said, you know, like, obviously, when you're married, you can get your husband's, you know, like, jizz. Um, but when you don't have a husband, and they're all laughing, and they're like, yeah, mom knows how to get pregnant. Like, she <laughs> she had 10 kids. Um and so then they explain that, you know, they fertilize it and put the egg back into the body. 
And so the mother does understand, obviously, as most women do, that the eggs weaken with age. And Jamila says that, you know, she's 36 and she's ready, but she doesn't have a husband. Um, and so the doorbell rings and Rabia and Khadijah show up. And my note says this whole dinner looks amazing. Like everything they're serving looks so the good. The food looked amazing. And <laughs> actually, before they even got into the conversation, there's a weird, I think, like foreshadowing where the, I think, believe the mom asks about Hamida. And Sadika says, like, I don't know where she is. And she turned off oh, her yeah. location sharing. That's right. So I think that's a little, that's foreshadowing, I believe, for next week. Yeah. Um, and the I wrote in my notes that the mom was basically saved by the bell by um, Khadija and Rabia showing up because they say, like, mom, what do you think? Yeah. And literally the doorbell rings and the mom doesn't have to answer. And um, Rabia and Khadija walk in. Yep. So, of course, they repeat themselves with Rabia and Khadija in attendance. And they sort of say, like, you've got to be joking. And Jamila says, no, I'm running out of time. And, you know, Sadiqa is the one who jokes and says she wants the wolf pack to be the father. But Sadiqa wanted that, too. So I don't know who she's making fun of all of a sudden. Yeah. And they say this plan is kind of wonky. Like, one, one day you're all in on this idea. And one day you're all about your career, you know. And Jamila says she thinks that she can do both. And Rabia, do we know if she has kids? I don't know. I don't know either. But Khadija does. And she says, you know, there's no jumping on a plane. There's no running around. And Jamila says, but mom raised 10 daughters by herself. And so they talk about how, like, the mom is not okay with a donor. She does come out and say it. And Khadija is just saying, from a mother's perspective, mind you, that it's not easy. I think I think we all know that as childless people. I would never say it's easy. That's a big part of why I don't want to do it. <laughs> it looks real hard. Um, and so, you know, they say that, like, a child is a gift. If God doesn't will it for you, you won't get it. Like, oh, boy. You know, it's getting heavy for a second. Um and but Rabia also knows out of everyone at the table about Jamila's recent miscarriage. And she thinks that that's what's driving this urge so vehemently and so quickly is that she's realizing her time's running out. She was close to having it. And then it was taken away from her. Um, and so Khadija's just saying that, you know, having a full time job and being a full time mom is really hard. And Jamila says, but I have nine sisters and a mother close by. And Khadija's kind of like, well, I don't think Jamila remembers how difficult it was for our mother. Like, yes, she had 10 daughters, but it was a challenge. It was super hard. I, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I yeah. actually am team Jamila and in, in this argument and Sadiqa as well. Yeah. Because it is a very different raising 10 children versus by yourself one. versus one. Yes, of course. And people do it all the time. Like I, I, I thought that that for them to compare what their mother went through to what she would go through if she had a child by herself is apples and oranges. Like it is not the same thing no. at all. No, I do agree with Khadija though when she says like focusing on a career full time and sort of having more of a jet set lifestyle where you get flexibility and can kind of do whatever you want and being a single parent like those those don't gel. No. Yeah. No, they don't. Um, and I mean, I do think it would be an awakening, but on the, the same time too, you know, if she's living in the wolf pad, if the two of them have, I mean, there will be like 
two other women there besides the two of them, and they'll be doing this at the same time. I mean, I do think in terms of a support system, she if has you were going to choose to have a child by yourself, this is probably one of the more ideal ways to do it. Yeah, no, and all in all, I am on Jamila's side. If she wants to have a family and doesn't, she doesn't need a husband to do that, then that's what she should have, and she should pursue it for herself. So, but we'll see where this goes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess we'll find out. What I think is interesting is we heard no more talk about this fundraiser. Like, are we ever going nope. to get to see this fundraiser? Like, it wasn't mentioned once. And I the think mom the, is obviously still there. I think it's the finale. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the mom, so maybe that's why this finale was rated low on IMDb. Um, yeah. She, yeah, so the mom's still there. Mom is still not in uh, Pakistan. No. Nope. Still not there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, then that's where it ends. And yep. then we get scenes for the next, which is where they're going on a trip to Sonoma. Shakur is LARPing as Snoop Dogg, apparently. <laughs> um, Hamida is, finally comes clean about Amy. And yep. something sets Shakur off. And she breaks the fourth wall and allegedly leaves the trip. And production intervenes. So should be a good episode. And she called out Muslifa specifically. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, she's I assumed like, it was about Hamida. She says, I separated our things and I'm out. Oh, I just thought that was because I heard the separated things. I thought it's because they were sharing a room. Probably, but still, I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 guessing it's about Hamida, but who knows? Like yeah. I well yeah, I'm a, should be a good episode. Yeah, I'm up for a spicier one. For Shakur's outfits alone, it should be a good episode. 100 percent um, all right, guys. Well, you will be listening to this um, Christmas weekend for those of you who celebrate. So um, have a wonderful holiday and a great new year. And we will talk to you in 2024. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mare B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.